Hi friends, welcome back to another episode of Hangry Thoughts. I'm your host, Abby Roberts, an intuitive eating, eating disorders dietitian, also within the non-diet space, weight inclusive, and health at every size. So this podcast, the aim of it is to bring you the facts on nutrition, fitness, wellness, debunk some of those myths that we hear all over social media, and then also just give you more information so that you can make an informed decision on what works best for you or what is best for your health. There are so many things that we see day to day, hour to hour, whether it's social media, it's on the TV, it's in TV shows, it's in commercials, it's from friends, family, it's from ads that pop up when we're scrolling on our phone, it's on Google, it's from coworkers. It is everywhere that we hear diet culture talk And it can make it really fucking hard to figure out what's fact, what's fiction, and what's right for me. So in today's episode, I really wanted to rewind a little bit on some of these topics that we've been covering and talk about why fat is not the problem, fat stigma is. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. I'm so excited that you're here and let's get to it. Hey there, welcome to Hangry Thoughts the podcast where we dish out on the best bites on intuitive eating, nurture a healthy relationship with food, and of course, bust some nutrition myths, because fork diet culture. I'm your host, Abby Roberts, non-diet intuitive eating dietitian and an ADHD girly, here to guide you through a joyful journey towards feeling amazing in your own skin and enjoying all foods. Join me as we navigate the world of food with a fresh perspective where guilt-free nourishment and mindful eating take center stage. Together, we'll tackle the myths that may leave you feeling a little hangry or hungry for the real facts. So grab your fork, your favorite snack, and let's dive into the Hangry Thoughts podcast because it is time to embrace a vibrant, satisfying, and empowered approach to food and wellness. At the time of recording this, it's January 15th, and in Seattle, it is 20 degrees outside. Woof. That is so unreasonably cold for Seattle. Like, yes, it gets cold. Yes, we get snow. Yes, we have rain all the time. But it's like usually in the 40s, and this week it's been like 15 to 20. Just... Like our our house like cannot get heated. It's just so cold. Um. Anyways, so I, I'm sitting here in like a really thick sweatshirt, thick sweatpants, and then I have a blanket wrapped around me, and then I have Griff sitting on my lap because I'm like, <laughs> cats just have like so much warmth and carry so much heat that I'm like, stay near me. <laughs> You're gonna keep me warm. <laughs> so enough rambling. Um. Like I said, the, the topic of today's episode is fat is not the problem, fat stigma is. And I come to you with this because there is so much misinformation and stigma placed on the word fat or especially the O words, overweight and obese. I, as a provider, hate using those two words, so I will call them the O words, You'll hear me um, throughout today's session use a couple of the O words, um, so I do want to give that trigger warning. 
If you would like to understand a little bit more as to why I hate those words as a provider and as a just human, uh, I really encourage you to go back to one of my first episodes, BMI is Bizarre and Icky, and learn about the history of BMI, where those words came from, and just the stigma that we hold with those words, especially in the medical healthcare setting. So health expert experts are sending lots of incorrect and destructive messages about the relationship between weight and wellness. And we can see this already just with the Ozempic craze that's been happening with, you know, it's now new year, new me time. And so everyone has resolutions. Typically that includes something around dieting and weight loss. And then we're just hit with so many more of those dieting weight loss ads. Just it being January, it being the new year. So you have probably heard from many doctors or many wellness gurus on social media that obesity is the biggest threat to the health of our nation. Now, whenever I hear someone say that or I hear someone use the O word, I give them the hardest stop. I'm like, let's take the biggest step back from that statement. This is such a common suggestion that does far greater damage to personal and public health than the fat tissue itself. A lot of the times when I'm like reframing this to a client, I word it as, okay, is it unhealthy or is it unhealthier to exist in a larger fat body or is it unhealthier to deal with the stress and stigma and destruction of diet culture and the toll that that takes on our mental health. And a lot of the times my clients are like, I think it's better to live in just a larger body and how my body exists now. But I feel really confused because everyone tells me that that's not good. So what is it? And again, I go, well, it it's still dependent of you. You still have your authenticity. You have full autonomy within this conversation. And let's look at some of these other determinants of health. Let's look at why scientists or doctors believe that fat is bad. And is there really information, research, conclusions to back this up? So when the focus is on weight and body size, it's not the quote unquote obesity that damages people. It's fear mongering about the bodies that puts them at risk for diabetes, heart disease, discrimination, bullying, eating disorders, sedentariness, lifelong discomfort, blah, 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 blah. Like so, so many things. That list could go on for infinity. There are so many anti-obesity campaigns and it's so common and normalized that we might consider that my claim right now of fat stigma being the thing that's not being the thing that's bad, not fat itself, that's the outrageous claim. You know what I mean? Like, let's consider this. Stigmatizing and imposing shame on bodies is hurtful, both to the vilified fat people and to then the thinner people that are taught this size prejudice, right? Because it's instilled in them that they're doing something that's bad if they're gaining weight, if their body's changing. So no one wins. Yes, obviously the people in the larger fat bodies are experiencing the weight stigma, 
and they are experiencing the harm. But still, no one wins from this this narrative, this conversation, this belief that fat is a moral failing. There are so many pejorative connotations with the word fat. When we are using it in this podcast today, and honestly, when I use it ever, I'm stripping it of those. It is being reclaimed by a growing fat acceptance movement. Fat is a descriptive word. It doesn't have to be bad. It doesn't have to be a moral failing. Fat can just be fat. Fat can just be a type of body. Fat can just be something that we have on our body. It doesn't have to be bad. It doesn't have to be scary. So when the culture and the medical world are just constantly shoving this idea into our face, Griffy, excuse me. Oh, oh my God. He's stepping all over my laptop. Okay, we're good. We're good. (laughs) I swear. Whenever I start recording or I'm working with a client or something, the cats are just like, we need to be right there. We got to be right on it. You got to be right on top of me. (laughs) Does anyone watch? Um, I think you should leave. (laughs) My, one of my favorite skits is the driving gruner where he's like, you got to be right next to me. You got to be right next to me. <laughs> and if you don't know what that is, um, apologies for wasting your time. <laughs> okay. Okay. So when the culture and the medical world are constantly pushing this idea that fatness or obesity need to be eliminated, it's not the fat the fat cells that are feeling this stigma, it's the people, right? It's the humans that are feeling this and humans are dynamic. We have so many things going on with us at one given moment that this question, at least for me, comes up of if we are shaming someone, how is that helping them? How is that healthful? right? I can't think of a time where I've been shamed in whatever aspect this may be. And this pushed me to want to be better, healthier, um, more educated or like whatever, right? Like it, it, it hasn't helped me to want to improve. Rather, it makes me feel like I want to close off. It makes me feel like I'm doing something bad. I'm doing something wrong. I feel guilt and shame. And as we talked in another episode, guilt and shame are these two emotions where we often feel them come hand in hand, but they are different. Guilt is this emotion where it's saying, I did something bad. So there is this thought around guilt where it's like, oh, I can fix this. I can change this. I can change the outcome. It's okay. Shame, on the other hand, says I am bad. It's coming for me directly as a human. And with that, there's not a whole lot of wiggle room that we feel. Shame feels all-encompassing. And so if we're experiencing that, how the shit are we going to want to like go to the doctor if we're experiencing some kind of health or medical issue? I wouldn't want to. Even if there is a slight fear or a chance of being shamed at the doctor, I'd be like, I don't want to experience that. 
This hierarchy of bodies is nothing new. It's rooted in slavery, racism, and every other attempt where we as humans have ranked bodies. And we can't keep pretending that being less likely to get a promotion, get hired, paid less, um, receiving biased medical treatment, being bullied, being socially excluded are attempts to help people get be healthier. There are so many times where I'm on social media and I'm talking about this exact concept here and people are like, you're glorifying obesity. You're awful. And I'm like, how the fuck is what you're doing helpful? User one, two, three, nine, 10, 11, one. <laughs> like, excuse me? These consequences are direct. These are direct consequences of living in a culture that fears and vilifies fat bodies. And it treats them as less, morally lesser beings. And that's fucked up. And this is the thing that all of these trolls on social media seem to not understand. You cannot wage war on obesity without waging war on the people who live in those obese bodies. That quote right there is said from Lindo Bacon, who I recognize is someone who's a little bit controversial in this space currently. Um, but I really, I, I really like that quote. You cannot wage war on obesity without waging war on people who live in those obese bodies. At the end of the day, weight stigma does not reduce obesity. It doesn't make anyone healthier, anyone better. And healthcare should be about promoting the health of a person in all of its forms. It shouldn't just be promoting this idea of an ideal body or, again, shaming those who don't fit the quote-unquote ideal body. Healthcare should be for all persons. So obesity, the word in itself, is a fucking issue, okay? So again, going back to my episode, BMI's Bizarre and Icky, it pathologizes the size of a body. I'm going to cover this a little bit right now in this episode because I still think it's important for us to chat about. And truthfully, I don't think that you can ever talk with us enough. So <laughs> we'll, we'll save this time today on this platform to do so. But if you want more of a history of this and really where it's all rooted, please check out that episode. Subtle plug. So BMI is... It, it, it's a, a category-based measurement, right? So if you've ever gone to the doctor, especially like your PCP, they're always going to give you your little like visit summary handout and on it is going to have like your weight and your BMI, okay? A lot of the times the doctors will comment on someone's BMI if it is overweight or obese. Um, and then if they see that there is like weight loss and stuff, they're probably going to like congratulate you on that, even if they have no fucking idea why you lost weight. And then on the flip side, they're probably going to comment on any weight gain, even if they have also no fucking idea why you gained weight. <laughs> Sometimes I just want to like shake the healthcare industry and be like, why? <laughs> so... Oh, God, what was I just saying? <laughs> what was I just talking about? BMI. Okay, so it's categories, right? There's underweight, normal weight, overweight, obese. Great. Okay. Anyone remember playing Wii Fit when that was like a baller video game? And you'd like 
hop on the little Wii Fit scale and it would go, oh, if you were like, if you like weighed anything, <laughs> if you like weighed more than a feather, the, the scale would go, oh, I remember my dad who is like, my, how, my dad is sh- a short king. He is like five, seven, five, eight. I don't know. All I know is that I am taller than him. Like, a, like I feel like almost like a full like head taller than him. <laughs> and I remember playing Wii Fit with him when I was a kid and he would get on the scale and his like me character would get like really big because his weight and his height made him have like a high BMI. And we'd be like, what the fuck? Like, why did it do that? <laughs> it was just such a messed up game, such a messed up game. And I know that that affected like his body image and the way that he felt on his body. Not that he would ever tell me that because he's not going to share his feelings with me because he is a man. But, you know, it's just it, this is still something important for us to talk about. Um, men's health, men's mental health, men's body image, prevalence of eating disorders. It is all still just as important and just as valid. OK, so let me put that out there. Um so yeah, we fit is problematic, lol. Um, BMI is also just a stupid measurement because it really does not show us anything about health or about fat. It literally just shows us, oh, hey, this is your weight. This is your height. Cool. Let's make a little ratio of this and then push out a little number that doesn't show us literally anything. So it's measuring physical appearance, not health. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, the American Medical Association declared obesity a disease and it overrode a recommendation by its expert panel that literally said, hey, these two things are not correlated. Obesity and morbidity and mortality rates are not a, a causation there's a concern that medicalizing obesity is going to lead for, to further stigmatization and then harmful treatment, not treating bodies, and so on. And yet they did it anyway. So that's cute. So if we were to take just a quick glance at research, we would see that despite decades of trying, we still don't have any evidence that we can prevent, reverse obesity. And okay, I'm so sick of saying that word. So that's the last time I'm going to say that word from now on. I'm just going to say the O word. Okay. In fact, there is a lot of evidence that actually suggests that prescription weight loss is so much more likely to cause weight gain, harm physically and mentally. And can create disordered eating and cause eating disorders. But that's not what doctors are going to share with you. That's not what the fear-mongering people on social media are going to share with you. Weight loss does not prolong life or improve health. Fat is not a primary driver in metabolic disease. These are just some of the dogma, myths, prejudices that we hear surrounding fatness. And they're based in nothing. And ugh, 
that is such a hard thing to acknowledge and realize and let it sink in because we have been told the exact opposite for our entire lives and for decades. I, I think I've used this example before, if not on here, at least on social media. Um, I know last episode I talked about Britney Spears's book, The Woman in Me, and how she shared you know, the way that her body looked after she had two babies in two years and the way that the media critics just slammed her for not having washboard abs. There's also this example of like Jessica Simpson when she came back and I can't remember now if it was after she had a baby, but it doesn't matter. Her body was bigger than it had once been. Um, That could be for several different reasons. And honestly, it's none of our business as to why her body changed. Um, That's a completely normal human thing to do. And the media, again, slammed her. And I think they called her like Jumbo Jessica. Like, what the actual F? There are so many things in the media where we hear it, we internalize it, we take it as fact, and we don't necessarily realize in that moment how it's impacting us, this weight stigma or this anti-fatness. And we hold these prejudices, prejudices (laughs) towards ourselves and to the people that we see on the street, to our friends and our family. Now, It's true that there are a lot of diseases out there. That was such a stupid (laughs) statement from me. I was going to say like another thing and then I was going to say something else. And then that's just how I ended my sentence. (laughs) Okay, let me let me gather my thoughts and restart that. So it's true that people that are in larger bodies can have disease. But it's also true that people in smaller or straight-sized bodies can have disease. So when we come back to this thing of health at every size, health at every size is this mantra that health can exist literally at any size. Like it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. And being unhealthy can exist at any size because sometimes we can get into this like healthism aspect of like you can only be worth something or worthy or um, be good morally if you're healthy and that's also not true if we again come on back to all the determinants of health all the different ways that health can look there are so many different sectors it's not just physical health like your weight or individual behaviors like drug use sleep patterns diet patterns physical activity um, stress level, happiness level, hopelessness level, anxiety level, depression level, alcohol use, optimism level, self-efficacy. Like this list could go on forever. And that is just covering individual behaviors. We also got things like our physical environment, which has 20 different subcategories. We have medical care with another like 20 different subcategories. We got genetics and biology, which is another hullabaloo of things. And then we got our social circumstances, which again, a lot of subcategories. So when we're looking at this big old piece of pie that is the determinants of health, there are different things in here for people that they prioritize, find important, 
um, some that are unattainable, unachievable, um, out of the area that they live within, um, their financial, their social, like whatever it may be. All of that to say, determinants of health are unique to each person. So health is this thing that is very subjective, right? It's based on this personal opinion. Yes, there are some things where we could say like, well, this disease isn't exactly healthy, like cancer, but there might be other aspects in their determinants of health where they're like, I feel like this part of me is very healthy though, okay? So telling people that they need to lose weight is a lot like telling someone to just like, be happy if they're depressed. Like, just smile more. You'll be fine, right? Like, that's that's not it, right? Like, if you have ever experienced depression or know someone in your life that has, you know that that's not how it works, right? So focusing on weight rather than healthful behaviors, which again is subjective to each person, it puts the burden on the individual. We're looking away from the systemic injustice, right? Sorry, I had a burp. Conditions in places where people live, they work, they play, they all affect health outcomes, right? Just the way that we looked at all those different slices of the pie, right? So really, if we want people to be more included, we want more diversity, we want more people to have access to healthcare, things need to change. While health behavior change is still valuable, what we really need is to create an inclusive society where everyone has that opportunity to create a good life for themselves. We need to combat anti-fat bias and weight stigma. We need to listen to the people that experience anti-fat bias and weight stigma and hear what they are experiencing and understand what they are going through. Okay, and to provide a little bit more context, I went to the website of ASDAH, which is Association for Size Diversity and Health, where they speak about health at every size principles and what it is about it, the different mantras of it, um, the, I've already said principles. So um, the... ASDIH affirms a holistic definition of health, I'm reading this straight from their site, which cannot be characterized as absence of physical or mental illness, limitation, or disease. Rather, health exists on a continuum that varies with time and circumstance of each individual. Health should be conceived as a resource or capacity available to all regardless of health condition or ability level, and not as an outsource or objective of living. Pursuing health is neither a moral imperative nor an individual obligation, and health status should be you never be used. <laughs> that's an important. Never be used to judge, oppress, or determine the value of an individual. Mike, fucking drop. So the health at every size principles or Hayes principles promote health equity, support ending weight discrimination, and improve access to quality health care. Woohoo! Regardless of size. Wowie, wow, wow, wow. So we have weight inclusivity, respectful care, health enhancement. Oh my God, I'm like, I don't think it's a burp. I think I have like a little hiccup or something. 
I think I eat my bagel too fast. <laughs> Eating for well-being and life-enhancing movement. Notice how in all of these, they don't talk about like, you have to do this or else. Or, you know, if, if you don't do these things, you're bad. No, they're just like, hey, like here are some things that we can do that might actually be healthier or as science proves to be healthier than just people telling people that they suck. You know, Ugh. it's it's hard out there, y'all. It is hard to be navigating the fucking diet culture industry when literally everything that they say feels like fact. Like if they say it with their chest, we're like, damn, they must be right. Damn, they must be right. Ugh, man, oh man, oh man. So for the people that are a haze naysayer, and to those saying that the O word is an epidemic, I want to tell you, hey, hey you, let's examine why these beliefs are so deeply held and what's challenging about opening that up a little bit. What's happening here as to why we are holding on to this shame or idea that all bodies are not normal or good bodies? Almost like, who hurt you? Probably diet culture. Diet culture hurts us all, but we can hurt it back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is not what we're doing. We're not hurting it. We're just saying, hey, diet culture, uh, I don't need you to feel good about myself, all right? Actually, you've never helped me feel good about myself. So in, in other news, to conclude this episode, because I didn't want it to be super long because it's a heavier topic, uh, and of course, we're already at 30 minutes, so um, the thing that I want to say and the thing that I share with all of my clients is I fully understand as to why someone would want to lose weight or wants to lose weight and the desire to change your body. Um, I am not anti-human. And again, this platform and I feel my position or my my job as a provider, as an eating disorders registered dietitian, is to not tell someone what to do. Rather, it's to say, hey, like, let's look at some of these other perspectives that are rooted in science and let's also look at your lived experience. Let's feel some of these feelings in a space that is non-judgmental and compassionate. Hold curiosity and find out for you what is best for you. What is important for you. I am never going to judge someone for wanting to lose weight or engage in diet culture. As much as I have issues with diet culture, I firmly understand why people look at it with such a such a like halo around it such a like glowing light around it because it promises promises us so many things that society has told us is ideal or if we are in a body that's experiencing stigma and shame tells us that we will no longer be an experience those terrible and uncomfortable things if we're engaging in diet culture and I, I, I hold so much compassion for those people that struggle with that desire. And again, I think that it's really important for us to look at like harm reduction 
when we're talking about these things. Gloria Lucas, who's the owner of Nalgona Positivity Pride, is like the go-to when it comes to harm reduction. I've learned so much from her and her work is so important. And harm reduction is this is this entity where, you know, we understand that people's desires and behaviors exist for a reason. And if they're harmful, let's try to adopt some of these other other exercises, principles, habits that we can include into our life that take away some of the harm of it. And I would love to do an episode more on harm reduction at a later time. I would also love to have Gloria Lucas on this podcast. So fingers crossed that someday we can get that goal because, oh my God, how cool would it be to chat with her? I've been to uh, a handful of her webinars. I've heard her speak at conferences um, and I follow her on social media. And every time I see her, I'm like, oh my God, you're so smart. What was I just talking about before I just like went into like a Gloria Lucas like fan page? <laughs> I don't know. Well, anyways, anyways, you guys are probably like, okay, Abby, we're done with you. Forgetting what you're saying. We're done with you. I get it. It's okay. <laughs> anyways, I'm going to link some things in the show notes surrounding health at every size. They, um, ASDAH, yes, um, their website, and more on debunking myths at Health at Every Size. I'm also going to go into another podcast episode on that because I think that would be helpful. And other than that, y'all, that's all I got for you today. Uh, that's all I got for you today on today's pod. So remember to rate, subscribe, and if you don't follow me on socials already, it's fork.diet.culture. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.